My name's Charles Brodson, and I feel surly. <laughs> <laughs> That's in. We're using that as the opening. Yeah. But it is not Charles Bronson. In it's fact, it is me, Bill Hader. And I feel tired <laughs> about being Conan O'Brien's friend. It's a lot of work, isn't it? Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk and lose, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends Hello there. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, joined uh, by my good chums. Sonam Obsession. Hi. How are you? I'm doing all right. You're doing fine. I You're am. doing great. Oh, okay. Thanks for answering for me. Sure. Yeah. I didn't really want to know. Okay. I'm just <laughs> I'm just checking a box here. <laughs> Your eyes glazed over. And uh, Matt Gorley, you're doing fine, aren't you? I guess if you say you, so. You bet I do. Okay. <laughs> People want pep. Mm. They don't want to hear about problems. I was going to oh. bring up major grievances today, but if you tell me I'm fine, I guess I got nowhere to go. Trust me, okay. you're fine <laughs> and quite happy with your salary. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got to talk about something today, okay. which is uh, actually, oh, it's a fun thing. It's just different. Uh, it's something called Conan O'Brien TV. Are you familiar with this concept, Matt? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that your dream? Just more Conan all the time. <laughs> You're with me every day making a podcast, but then you go home and you get to relax. Oh, God. And instead of watching one of your classics on the Criterion uh, channel, yeah. you, uh, you, uh, you get to hear some more Conan. But, you know, a lot of people would like this. I believe that in my mind. I got a new free channel and it launches on Wednesday. <laughs> I believe that in my mind. I believe that in my mind. <laughs> what about your soul, Conan? I don't have a soul. <laughs> no, I have a free, I have a new free channel that launches on Wednesday, May 24th, and it's only on Samsung TV Plus. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, kind that's of excited crazy about that this. you should say that because I do have that. I have a Samsung TV and that's when you turn it on, that's the first thing you see is Samsung TV Plus. Yes. So yeah. I yes. can't escape you. You can't escape me. No. And you know what? Uh, most uh, polls show that people don't want to escape me. Mm. We weren't in those polls. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we were what, imprisoned what by What a him. very strange <laughs> poll to do, by yeah. the way. Do you want to escape Conan O'Brien? <laughs> well, the polling's in. Anyway, to celebrate the launch of my new channel on Wednesday, May 24th, for my New York fans... <laughs> There's a, a treat in store for you. I'm going to have <laughs> an ice cream truck roaming around the city that has my face on it. <laughs> this, by the way, was my childhood dream. And you follow Samsung TV Plus on Instagram or you can follow it on Twitter or Facebook for live updates on where to find my ice cream truck. And listen, you think that I've gone too far? I have not, sir. Listen to this. Jordan Schlansky oh boy. is going to be in the truck handing out ice cream pops. Oh, <laughs> wow. Great Jordan taste. Schlansky is going to be at the ice cream truck to meet fans. And I think Jordan has many more fans than I do. Uh, People are always stopping me and asking me about Jordan Schlansky. Find out for yourself if he's real because he's going to be in the ice cream truck handing out ice cream pops. And guess what? <laughs> the pops are in the shape of me. Oh, God. Oh, my God. You've jumped the shark. What is going on did here? Did you make them do this? You know what I did? I didn't just jump the shark. Uh, I got on a motorcycle and and jumped the fawns on the shark. That's how- <laughs> Who is currently jumping the shark. Who is currently shark. jumping the shark. We've gone that far. And it says right here, get your Conan pop while supplies last. 
and uh, come say hello to Jordan Schlansky, <laughs> my form, oh. my associate producer, who's going to be in an ice cream truck with my face on it, handing out ice cream pops shaped like me, oh. all to celebrate. <laughs> I want that put into Samsung pop, TV Plus popular usage. That when you do something so stupid, it's jumping the Fonz. Yes. And you've done it. Yeah, I've yeah. done it. Yeah. Fonz jumped the shark. Now we have, uh, we put a shark on a motorcycle and jumped the Fonz. <sighs> uh, anyway, um, very exciting. And so check out my new free channel, May 24th launches Samsung TV Plus, Ice Cream, Jordan Schlansky, Ice Cream Truck, Twitter, Facebook. Listen to the words coming out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Wait, what's? What's on this channel? Uh, would you? <laughs> it's all Conan all the time. My, some of my best routines and bits from over the years. Okay. Oh. Classic Conan. Oh, Great I see. Conan. Okay. Where have you? Do you are know? you high right now? I'm not high. I just you're just like, hey, check out my channel, and then there's an ice cream shop. All you but need. But what's on your channel? And it says it on this paper, and you're not telling people what's on the channel. You don't need. To Listen, when you, someone says there's Conan O'Brien on a channel, that tends to be all they need to oh. know. <laughs> they are you go, dancing? Are they, you, what are you doing? To avoid that channel. Uh, it's my, some of my classic shtick and bits <laughs> from years of performing. <laughs> if, there's, if there's anything I've ever done that you've liked, it's going to be on there. There's also popular celebrity interviews with A-listers. Look yeah. at that. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's going to showcase all kinds of people. I'm sorry, I'm selling this better than you are because you're all about that ice cream truck. I'm telling people what they could watch on it. Well, you can watch uh, classic interviews I've done with John Hamm, Ryan Reynolds, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, Kevin Hart, Will Ferrell, Lisa Kudrow, Gal Gadot, okay. Kate you McKinnon, Martin Short. I mean, you could go on and on and go. on. Yeah. It's, I've interviewed everybody that was ever born or ever will be born. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's ever lived on Earth, I've talked to them and it's all there on Samsung TV+. Plus. <laughs> Uh, but it's all about that ice cream. You've got to get the ice cream. <laughs> no, this is uniquely curated uh, stuff uh, as 30-minute collections of clips. It's just, I mean, that's all you should have to say. Okay. You know? It's like a Porsche. It sells itself. You know? Okay. I'm right. a Porsche. You think you're a Porsche? Yeah. Porsches don't come with Conan O'Brien in the back seat. Yeah. You know? No, I'm not an actual, I'm just saying I'm akin to a Porsche and that I'm oh. low-slung. And packed with power. <laughs> I'm manufactured slung? in Germany. What is low slung? What does that even mean? I don't like that. I can't go. If you have to go over a speed bump slowly when you're driving with me. <laughs> uh, anyway. This is the bottom will fall out. <laughs> anyway, I, I think, I mean, listen to this. This is going to sweep the nation. This is going to be all people we're talking about. Yeah. And so, um, Wow. This is going to, you know what they're going to do? Anyone who was thinking of launching a presidential campaign anytime soon is going to hold off until this whole Samsung TV <laughs> Conan pops in the shape of Conan ice cream truck Jordan Schlansky thing <laughs> calms down. And then they're going to announce. You know because what I mean? Can you imagine DeSantis, DeSantis like announcing during this? <laughs> and then his people come to him and say, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, no one knows you're running for president. But He's I, like, I told just, you to have a goddamn ice cream truck with my face in the form it's of It's too late, Governor God, DeSantis. Damn it. There, there's already an ice cream truck out there with Jordan Schlansky. DeSantis, Jordan Schlansky. Oh, nuke Disney. <laughs> All right, we got to get on to the, yeah. the business of show. We have a wonderful guest today, a fantastic guest. One of my favorites, a dear friend, my guest today, is the co-creator and star of the Emmy Award-winning HBO series. And by the way, one of my favorite shows, uh, Barry. 
which is currently airing its fourth and final season. I'm so excited to talk to him today. Uh, just, uh, it's a joy every time I get to share any space with this gentleman. Bill Hader, welcome. I will say that uh, when you come on the pod, or even when I just get to hang with you, I laugh myself sick. I get, I'm sore from laughing at the stuff you do. And it's so much fun to be around you, whether we're recording it or not. And I'm remembering now, I had this party at my house and you showed up and (laughs) (laughs) we hadn't even greeted each other yet. There's a bunch of people there at some holiday party and you show up over my shoulder and you're a Germanic guy from the late 19th century who had, you laid it out immediately and I knew exactly what it was, but you just came up to me and you, a guy from the late 19th century in Germany who had fought me in a duel over a woman <laughs> and lost, but now you're putting a brave face on and you and your arm doesn't work because yeah, of the yeah, dueling. And yeah. you walk up to me and you were like, you were congratulating me on my house and my wife and trying to put a brave face on it yeah. all, but seething with resentment. Yeah, very nice, O'Brien. <laughs> well, it seems like you've done very well for yourself, O'Brien. I see. Uh, and you would say, oh, this is my son, you know? And I go, ah, oh, you have a son. Yeah. <laughs> With the woman that you yeah, love. Yeah, it's yeah. like, very well. I, I see. Well, I appreciated the invite, O'Brien. I was, <laughs> I must say, I was quite surprised to get it. I was, and you were like, well, it's nice that you, I think you said, it was nice that you drove here. I go, flew. I flew here. O'Brien. <laughs> but, but yeah, you could try to, Take that as long as you can, and then, yeah, eventually someone's like, will you guys please stop? Well, <laughs> that is the nature of this, uh, of yeah, this world yeah, we're yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, please stop that. But, yeah, but I was so happy because, you know, rather than, oh, hey, thanks for having me over. Place looks great. This is a really good ham. It's someone I fought in a duel <laughs> in Germany, and I maimed, yeah, yeah. and I won the woman that he loved. <laughs> And he's yeah, and putting was, a good face on it. Yeah, You're, it was. Very was stiff acting, upper lip. Yeah, very, yeah, and, and immediately, stoic. yeah, stoic and uh, maimed. <laughs> How long did it take you to get all that exposition out? No, it happened no, immediately. No <laughs> exposition. I think he just turned around and was like, well, very good, O'Brien. I see you've got a very nice house here. And he went, oh, oh, I, I surprised, you know, I was like, yes, I was very surprised to get the... Uh, the invitation, O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, and then I think you mentioned since our duel. Since I, our duel, I, <laughs> it all I, came out. Yeah, very and then quickly. and then it was like, yes, yeah, someone would hand you something. I'm like, this is the only arm that works, dear. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I would love a, a, a tuna stick or whatever it is. <laughs> and it's just I yeah. don't know. Just, we were uh, just I just was laughing. Just but but you know who who likes those those bits of the old school bits like that at those parties uh, is Larry David. Yeah, yeah, and, he does. And oh my god, when you get him laughing, it is he really gives it up. It's like surprising when people go, "What's Larry David like?" I'm like, he is a laugher. Oh, he laughs so hard at stuff. Yeah, also, when, have you noticed that when Larry laughs, his jaw goes like a skeleton, like, ha, ha, It's, is it like if you just started yanking on the cord of a ventriloquist dummy up and down, <laughs> da, 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 that's his laugh. And it's kind of crazy, but because his character is such a crank, you don't get to see him lose it. But I had an experience where 
uh, Dana Carvey famously does this thing that oh, I absolutely love. We both are obsessed. We're with both it. obsessed with yeah. it, uh, and 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 he's done it here, I believe, where he uh, he's Jimmy Stewart, and he's in a oh, car yeah, yeah. with Catherine Hepburn. He's trying to talk her uh, into uh, pleasuring him, <laughs> and um, but he also has very specific needs about you know how it should how I want you to act surprised when I take it out, but not yeah. too surprised, and yeah. he's very bossy about it. And it's, you're crying when you hear it. So Larry, uh, I'm talking to Larry and I do it for him. I said, this is Dana's thing and I do it for him. And he was laughing as hard as I've seen I him laugh. I going to die. Because his, his jaw was, and so then I see him a couple of days later, I run into him and he went, oh my God, I, I was at this party and uh, Bill Hader did Dana's thing and it's the hardest I've laughed. And I said, fuck you, Larry. <laughs> yeah, no. That wasn't a party. That was my party. And I <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I was no. doing it for you. And he was like, well, it seemed like hater. It was really funny. No, he, <laughs> no, I think what happened was also is that you do the Jimmy Stewart thing mm-hmm. and the thing I do of Dana's, which again is a Dana bit, yep. is the Burt, Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas having yes. sex. Yes. <laughs> and that's what I was doing. And so... When I yeah. would do that, which again is Dana's bit. We're all doing know, Dana's it's bit. It's all doing Dana's bit. But when Dana Carvey did that for me once and I it, it, I fell on the ground, I was, yeah. Well, just a couple of fellas. Yeah. <laughs> ah, ha, ha. You know? Please, uh, just yeah, a little did, more. Please. Like, ha, ha. Don't worry now. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I want you to take it slow. <laughs> I want you to. And then uh, the line that I always remember was, don't buck around now. I don't have a lot of play down there. <laughs> and he, I, it is an old Dana Carvey bit, but when he, he did that, I just, when he came, he hosted when I was a cast member at SNL, and when he hosted, it did become a thing where I would just ask him, well, oh, could you do this? Or you could, I mean, I was just following him around like, yeah, a, a puppy dog. I was doing all the stuff that, you know, asking asking about, you know, Phil Hartman stories and, you know, yeah, everything, yeah. you know, that was the thing. Well, he is, um, fortunately, that that nice combo of one of the funniest people ever and also incredibly nice. Unbelievably and, kind. And yeah. kind and uh, probably to a fault people pleaser. But yeah, we took Dana out to... Uh, lunch we were here at the studios and then we went we did something and then we went next door to get lunch and a couple of writers came along he put on a a show mm-hmm. for the writers and it very naturally but just was going through all kinds of stuff and and he was doing uh henry fonda oh and yeah. uh it was so funny and afterwards the writers were thinking you know there's that <sighs> dynamic that you hear about where the comedian is funny on stage but then if you see them off stage, they're quite. Oh, yeah. they're, they can yeah. be quite dour, and um, you see that a bunch of times. And then there are these people that just nope. You they, can yeah, they just, sit they, next to them on an airplane. And uh, my wife and I once got on an airplane, and someone behind us was like kind of heckling me and talking about, oh, they'll let the Irish on this plane, and I guess they'll let any scum. What I, yeah. what, what airline was it? <laughs> Aer Lingus. <laughs> yeah, that was the part that shocked me. Yeah, um, let's do this airline. It's like welcome to the airline. <laughs> <laughs> but it was um, sitting right behind us was Don Rickles. Oh my god! And Don Rickles oh, wow. was. Oh my And god. then the whole flight, like cross country, was Don Rickles. Just wow. peppering me with insults, but then telling great show business stories, and it was one of the highlights of my life. You know, oh man, I still I watch his stuff on 
YouTube all the time. Him on Carson, him on all that stuff. I mean, is did you ever see the one where he's on Letterman with uh, Denzel Washington next to him? Mm-mm. Oh my God, do yourself a favor. It's so just that that he was that age. I mean, he was really old, and right. and when he'd be on your show. It was hilarious. It was so fast. It's so fast. So insanely fast. Also, he had this knowledge of, you know, we all know there's this like weird line between music and comedy where somehow there's just things that sound funny and they work and you don't know why. And one of the things he discovered was someone would say something, he'd be like, that's right. You know, like almost assist, as if to say, you know, what do you want, a clap on the back? And he said, what do you want, a cookie? Yeah, what do you want, a cookie? <laughs> he said, David Letterman goes, uh, uh, Frank Sinatra's wife's name's Barbara, and uh, uh, your your wife's name's Barbara, right? And he goes, what are you, a detective? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, what kind of, what's up with these, what kind of question is that? <laughs> and he goes off on that question and just zeroes in on it. And he's like, you make a billion dollars a year, and you ask the most stupid question. And I, oh, it's the best. If you can find him with Dick Cat. Cavett in the early 70s, it's really because Dick Cavett's trying to give it to him like, oh, I, I like your act, but I always did like Jackie Leonard. You know what I mean? And he's like, oh, all right. You know? Just, yeah. Oh, you really want to oh, you you really have around? a karate fight? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay. Bruce Lee. It's like, all right, cool. <laughs> and then it's fascinating to watch. If it's on YouTube. It's really interesting where you could just tell he has zero, zero respect for him. <laughs> When I was a kid, I watched old movies oh, yeah. almost exclusively. Yeah. And I, I'm bringing this up because I want to bring it around to Barry, which um, I'm just, it's, I have to say this is, and not just because we're friends or anything, it is, I think, the best show on TV. I absolutely really love it. nice of you, man. Thank you. Um, now, keep in mind, I don't see a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And he's never seen I, this. I've never, and yeah. he's never seen this. Yeah, I don't watch Barry. I've um, never seen Succession. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it is, uh, I just love what you're doing with this oh, show. And you. I know that, that this season you uh, uh, directed every episode, I believe. Yeah, every episode. And yeah. so I, I kind of just wanted to go back for a second and think, you clearly are such a classic film buff and it comes through in your choices as a director and you take that really seriously. I know that, I think you were telling me once when you were a kid, you'd go over to sleepovers and people thought, oh, these kids are probably watching you know, pornography. Yeah, right. It's like, no, you were watching a Clockwork Orange yeah, right, or Taxi right. Driver. Yeah, I was watching and, Taxi Driver, yeah. <laughs> and studying, yeah, like, yeah. And studying the shots, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no one was interested in that or it was like, see how the camera, it's like a subjective camera move. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta go. And they're like, it, they have those in porn, What the hell's too? wrong with you? <laughs> subjective camera move. Why the hell you in my house? <laughs> the father comes in in tidy whities I just hear subjective camera moves. Where the hell you come from? I want you to get out of my house. Looks like we got a, a film buff. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was it was more nerve-wracking for that. No, but it was, yeah, you would watch that or watch old movies and it's just what you were kind of interested in. It was, mm-hmm. you know, what the thing that you can't describe, the thing that you're attracted to yep. that is what happens. And when I would watch movies, I remember, you know, my mom liked actors and things like that and what always captured me was kind of the the story or the the way it was shot or the design of it. And uh, just recently, you know, I, I, I have three daughters and and uh, I showed them uh, Rear Window. Mm-hmm. 
And it was fascinating because it started and they went, Dad, this is like old, you know, 13, 10, and 8. Their ages, and they're just, mm. this is boring. Why are we watching this? Please. No. And then as it went on, they were getting more and more into it. And well, and then it gets to this point, which is one of my favorite parts in any Hitchcock movie, if you can remember the movie where uh, Grace Kelly goes and gets, she goes and gets in the yes. uh, yeah. Raymond Burr's apartment. Yeah, the killer's and, apartment. Uh, the killer's yeah. apartment. And he comes home. And then there's that great moment where she finds the wife's ring and she has the ring and she's she's trying to show Jimmy Stewart across the street like I found the ring. And then the camera pans up and Raymond Burr is seen that she's doing that and he yes. looks right in the camera. He sees he sees Jimmy Stewart that Jimmy across Stewart's the street. Watching. Yes. So he now knows I'm being watched and I now know what's happening. And when he did that, all three of my daughters just went. <gasps> <laughs> and I thought, okay, this guy made this in the 50s, early mm-hmm. 50s. Mm-hmm. And there's just nothing that you can do whatever you want in movies, whatever. But if you have good storytelling and good craftsmanship, (laughs) this is what you get. It's timeless, you know? And it really made me, that's why I keep going back to those because it's just like, it's just the bare bones craft of it, you know? I love that you bring up um, showing these to your kids because it's, I always have, feel like I have so much on the line when I show these movies that I love to my kids, Mm -hmm. especially when they were younger, because if they weren't having it, I felt, destroyed yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I showed them not too long ago uh, I showed them um, uh, uh, you deep know, throat no no, no yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. deep throat yeah and you know what it's it's got a lot of subjective camera moves <laughs> I don't remember this kids I don't remember this part I'm sorry I saw this in the theater I was wearing an overcoat <laughs> In the seventies, you couldn't you couldn't get this stuff online back then. No, no. See, the, the Times Square doesn't look like Times Square looks like back then. It had a, a real life, you know. Subjective camera uh, move. Look at all these subjective dolly shots. <laughs> Don't you think there are all those people like that purists that are still wearing a raincoat while they are on their computer watching like, porn, like artisanal vintage jerk? Yeah, yeah. They're just like you know, this is how you do it. Yeah, and they're making their friends dress up like an usher, like in fifteen minutes. Come in and kick me out of my room. <laughs> Say, hey, hey, can it with the flashlight. Say, hey, knock it off. Yeah, this guy's spending thousands of dollars to hire people. Hipster masturbators. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hipster masturbators. Right. Yeah. What was the film you were going to? Uh, just so I can say it. Uh, where he's, you know, the, uh, why am I blanking on? He gets dizzy when he. Gets, oh, Vertigo. 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 I don't know why. Old age. The, the one 16. where he gets dizzy. <laughs> Vertigo. What so was sh- the movie where you got dizzy? It's not Mr. Stewart? Two showers. There's shower movie. There's the shower There's movie. There's birdie movie. <laughs> What's the There's one? There's dizzy movie. There's What's the, the one with dizzy movie? Then there's the the, the peekaboo movie. Peekaboo movie. That, um, I see you across Which the street. Like, movie. I showed my kids. Ver- I showed my kids Vertigo <laughs> with some friends of mine, and they're watching it. And at least they were old enough to appreciate. Because I went on a riff at one point about you know because it's kind of crazy. Jimmy Stewart yeah. takes takes this kind of Dana's bit, in beautiful a weird blonde way. <laughs> woman up in yeah up in this tower, uh, and then you know she goes flying out of the tower, 
And so then he comes back later on to the same mission with, uh, 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 you know. Kim Novak. With Kim Novak. And I just do him running into a nun and saying, I'm just, we're going to get one more try here. <laughs> you see. We're just going to take our, and, and the nuns are like, no. No, no, no. No, you were here once with a blonde who looks exactly, <laughs> I, I, she no, died. I, I, she yeah. died. No, then, no, no, I know, I know, no, no, I know, I know, I know, no, no, no. <laughs> I just saw, you know, when, you know, run up the flagpole one more time. I just, I just, you probably think I'm some sort of a creep. (laughs) (laughs) And then I do him going after the second, the second one, like, ah, I kind of landed in the same spot. Oh, yeah, the, the wind must catch. Oh, I get it. The wind catches her a bit. And that's she's yeah, right where the tiles meet the eaves. Yeah. And my kids were like laughing at that. And I thought, okay, at least yeah, we it's have. It's all right. Yeah. It's, a, it's okay. It's funny that, yeah, you try to watch those old movies and uh, sometimes they work. But then, man, it, sometimes when the, when the my daughter had a big sleepover with a bunch of friends and I'm usually downstairs watching an old movie, they're upstairs, like, you know, whatever, singing karaoke and you know, singing Katy Perry, you know, Katy Perry songs or whatever. And then they came down. I was watching this movie called Jeopardy mm-hmm. um, with Barbara Stanwyck. It's basically a story about these this couple and their child go to Mexico. And the, the, the father, played by Barry Sullivan, somehow gets stuck under like a, 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 there's a dilapidated boardwalk and he mm-hmm. gets stuck under like a like a piece of it, like a log and the tide's rising. So he's like, you need to go get me help. And so she leaves her son there. She goes out to get help and she finds Ralph Meeker and she goes in and you do, and he is an escaped convict. Mm. Right. So you're cutting back to Barry Sullivan. The water's up to his neck. <laughs> yep, yep. And he's talking to his son going like, don't worry, son, it's going to be all right. Uh, can you just set your pants on fire, son? Let's make a beacon and all this. And then she's with this killer and my, my kids. Uh, and then I turn around and like more of these kids are coming in behind me and they're watching it oh, cool. and they're just totally, they go, how's she going to get back to the, you know what I mean? And I'm like, it's that simple, you know? And I came into the edit bay the next day at Barry and I was like, it's that, it, it really isn't that hard. If you just can, you know, tell a good story, right? that's what it's going to be. And so I get, that's why I get very inspired by that stuff. I have to say, um, had an interesting choice I had to make because I love Barry and I've been waiting. I, I loved the way it wrapped up last season and I was very much fascinated with what's going to happen. And usually what happens is you you might get sent an episode, but I got sent almost all the episodes. Yeah, you got sent everything but the finale. Yeah. And my pact with my son who adores this show, loves it and has great taste is that we watch them together. Mm-hmm. And he has been unavailable. And I was like, I don't know. And I, and also I didn't want to cram. It was like this beautiful meal has been laid out that yeah. I'm looking forward you to. And to like, you know, and I, and so what I did was I decided I'll watch uh, one and a half without my son, um, which I did. Cause, and, and then I will watch the rest of the season unfold. And I was, I trust you. Mm-hmm. I trust, I trust you guys. I know that you know what you're doing but you have painted yourself into such an incredible <laughs> corner and I'm yeah. riveted. I'm absolutely riveted. I loved I loved it and I love where it's going, but you've put Barry in this impossible situation. Not just Barry, but I don't want to give anything away, but these characters are in this position where you think I don't see a way out. I'm just enthralled. Just oh, absolutely enthralled. Yeah, that tends to be what happens every, at the end of every season is we'll write it and then it, you know, 
beginning of season three, I think my first day in the writer's room, I said, well, he needs to get caught. And so, you know, I think we're writing towards that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't see how this can keep going. And then we did that. And speaking of Larry David, I saw Larry and he goes, I watched Barry. That's it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, we have a whole other season. And he went, why? <laughs> I go, well, I think there's more story to tell. And he's like, but you, it's done. This is because uh, he ended Seinfeld with the wall in jail. Yeah, yeah right, yeah, right. Yeah, he's yeah. like, hey, they're done. Yeah, and so, exactly. I didn't think about that. That's true. Jail means it's over. Jail over. I established done. that. It's like Monopoly. Uh, <laughs> but, he, but he said, uh, but he said, uh, but he was, yeah, he was just, you know, we, so we have that. And so you start every writing session for season four. And this one was during the pandemic, like the pandemic happened. We were uh, two weeks away from starting to shoot season three. Mm -hmm. The pandemic happened. And when I went to HBO and said, is it okay if we just write season four to have something to do? And then as we were writing season four, we started to go back to season three. Mm -hmm. And so I see three and four as kind of one That's big season. It kind of like we kind of, it all kind of rolls into each other. But, you know, season four, yeah, you start off with him in jail and everybody he loves hates him. Mm -hmm. And no one ever finds the stuff I find funny, funny. This doesn't ruin anything, but the opening of the, the season is Barry calling Gene Cousineau. Yes. And the first thing he says was, um, did you trick me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you trick me? And also, and he's such like a child. Yeah, did you yeah. trick me? He goes, did you trick me? And no one has ever laughed at that, but me and, and Allie Greer, the editor... <laughs> Frankie Gutman, the other editor, we are crying laughing at how, how he's like Homer Simpson, yes, we is. say, that he has yes. gotten progressively dumber. Wait a minute. He's got progressively dumber each season. And uh, so, yeah, we just, you know, it's you, you start with him there and then it, it just turns into like, well, what would happen? What would what would you do? You know, and you and the characters kind of really dictate it. And so you kind of walk through all these steps and you take a lot of, you know, missteps. You go down avenues and mm -hmm. it doesn't work. And. And from working at Saturday Night Live for so long and doing this where it was such an immediate thing, what, what was so nice about the show is you could create something and feel like good and then walk away from it and yeah. then come back six weeks later and go, what the hell were we thinking? This has nothing to do with what the story's about. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's more about this, isn't it? You know? And that was so helpful. So we, we had, you know, a, a two years of able, being able to kind of percolate these ideas and then even with that, you're still on set going. Duffy Boudreaux, who's the co-writer mm -hmm. and uh, my oldest friend, we've been friends since high school. He, yeah, he's he because he's been my friend for so long. You kind of know how it is where you're like on set, my show, and so people are very nice, and I feel like I'm a very nice boss. But it is kind of like you hear the oh, Bill's on set. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, Bill's here. So it's like, you know, it's like Conan's coming up the Conan's car is here. Oh, trust here. me, there is none of that here. <laughs> yeah. I uh, assure Conan's you, here. there is no it's, reverential it's more tone. like, oh, God, Conan's on set. <laughs> uh, put on your listening ears. <laughs> Get ready to laugh. Put on your pretend happy face. <laughs> uh, no, but it is that when I show up, it's like, oh, gee, like, you know. Um, and so it is, everybody's kind of, what I, and it is nice to have your friend from high school there going like, well, that's dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> or like, I have, there's a scene in this, uh, it, there's a little bit in the trailer, so I don't mind, but there is a scene this season where Barry is at his lowest, uh, in the first episode where he's kind of at his lowest point and he's yeah. in the bathroom and I kind of flip out in the bathroom. That's a great scene. Yeah. Oh, and thank very, you. Uh, very intense. The very way. intense. Yeah. It, it was hard. It was, you know, you 
two cameras. I'm directing it. So it's like, okay, we'll put two cameras on me. I'm going to flip out and then uh, we'll just keep going. And I'm going to hit a wall and mm -hmm. we'll just keep going. And um, I do the first take and I'm feeling, wow, I really brought it. You know, that was really good. <laughs> and the door opens and Duffy comes in and goes, uh, it's a lot of acting, dude. <laughs> <laughs> And I go, what? I go, well, that's why it's called, you know, and you get into like a fight like you did like with your friend from high school. Like, well, sure. that's what I'm doing, man. And he's like, I don't, I mean, look, I'm from Oklahoma. What do I know? But it's just, it was a lot of like, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey. <laughs> a lot of like, hey, look at me, you know? And he just walked out. And so I got mad and I'm like, all right, let's go again. And then, and then I, <laughs> in the scene, I start hitting myself. Mm -hmm. So the action, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I start hitting myself mm -hmm. and behind the wall I hear, there he is. <laughs> like, there you go. Come on, man. But he doesn't have any, like, you know. There's no reverence. Just, there's no reverence. There's no right. anything. He's like, come on, man. What are you doing? You know? And then Gavin Kleintop, our first AD and Aida Rogers, our producer, they got to that place, too. And that's infinitely helpful. It's so helpful. And our our editors are like that, where I go, hey, you're not going to believe this scene we did. And they look at it and they go, that's pretty corny, Bill. You know, and you need that. You yeah. need somebody to say, I just, this doesn't feel like the show, man. I don't know what this is. This reminds you know? me of um, one of the times uh, that I think it was the first time Gary Shandling came on my late night show. We've been on for a couple of years and we got through the rough spot and things were really starting to gel. And then I heard Gary was going to come on, which was just a huge you know, thrill, never had met him in person. And he came on the show and was fantastic. And then afterwards he came into my dressing room and sort of shut the door. Like he just wanted to talk to me and see how I was doing. And, and yeah. he said to me, uh, well, how's it, you know, how's men, how's the staff? How are you guys, you know, you feel good about? And I said, yeah, I do. I really have excellent people. And he said, uh, do you feel like you have too many like yes men or something? And I said, Gary, I would kill for just one <laughs> yes man. <laughs> And he was laughing at that, but it was true. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of family I grew up yeah. in. Yeah. There's not a lot of, um, I mean, people just sort of uh, make jokes. They're, and I know that we all love each other, but we make a lot of jokes. Yeah. And so uh, there's not a lot of, hey, I just have to tell you, hey, your work really inspires me. <laughs> you know, that's not the, oh, yeah, that's not the environment that. I'm, I'm, oh, I would no. be comfortable <laughs> in. Just thinking about it. You're like, what? What's what if funny? I said that the to you? I was like, Conan, you really inspire me. You're yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. So good. I would say, yeah. how much money did you get paid? <laughs> yeah. What's, yeah. Where's the camera? What's the joke? You really inspire yeah. me to what, do the to, opposite. To nap. Yeah. You inspire you to nap. Yeah, that's what. It's also the the big the best thing that I've learned over the years when you're writing it and shooting it and then editing it. It just keeps changing each time. And then what I always do, and it drives everybody nuts, but it's true, is I'll sit down and say, "Okay, you just saw the latest episode of Barry." <laughs> You go to a bar and you're sitting with your friend and your friend goes, oh, you just watched the latest episode of Barry. Yes. And they go, what's it about? What do you say? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it's like, well, it's about a guy. And like that order and Kate, that of the, of the information is how we should probably lay the story out. And it'll right. be interesting is they'll tell the story and it's going smoothly. And then you go, that's great. But you've never once mentioned Fuchs. So we got to go back and make it so he's, he's can't, you can't talk about it without mentioning him. You'll talk about the whole thing. You're like, that's great, but you never once mentioned Barry, which happened season two. Mm -hmm. We had a whole episode that I wasn't in. Right. And Alec Berg and I went, you're not in the show. <laughs> you know, you my have, favorite episode. Yeah, it's my favorite episode. <laughs> he goes, you're in two scenes. That's the only one I've seen. Oh, yeah. That's the Emmy winner. <laughs> I thought, yeah, 
I thought Henry was Barry. <laughs> I'm Barry? <laughs> People are always like, what's it like working with Henry Winkler? And it, it really is all about the cake that he brings to set. Oh. <laughs> he just brings bunt cake. <laughs> I'm like, Henry, you're losing your mind uh, in this scene, and you're on the verge. I and mean, he's like, and then after that, can I give the, the crew the bunt cake? <laughs> <laughs> like Robert Wisdom's gonna scream at you and make you cry and he's like right right well I have the coffee and the brunt cake <laughs> right over in, and he has a story about everything right over in this corner you know Gene Shallot attacked me <laughs> you know? or whatever it is you know he wasn't attacked by he Gene was one Shallot. of the first celebrities I saw when I came out to LA with Greg Daniels in 1985 we went to something and one of the first celebrities, not the, but one of the first celebrities, and you have to remember, you guys are too young, but but Happy Days in the 70s was the biggest thing in the world. And the Fonz was the biggest part of Happy Days. And, you know, I, in my school, in my English class, there was a big poster of the Fonz on the wall. <laughs> in an, the, the teacher had put it up just to like try and pacify us. He was such a big thing. So I get to L.A. <laughs> this will calm them down. This will calm them down. <laughs> hey. How do we calm these children down? Here's a picture of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> uh, here's one of the Three Stooges. <laughs> no! The Fonz. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Look at them, sir. But we, Look at them. We went to some event, and... Uh, I couldn't believe it, but it was everyone was going to their cars and the, like this big, almost like a station wagon pulled up. The, the valets brought up a station wagon and it was raining really hard. And the one of the windows had been left open. And um, Henry Winkler came out to claim the car and his wife was getting in the car oh, and he Stacey, opened up the back yeah. seat and he took like this big rag and started wiping the water off the back seat. And I thought, what's the Fonz doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's some schlub. Wiping yeah. water off the back seat of a station wagon. Yeah. And he, what and happened? He, he jumped in the car. He quickly went, eight. <laughs> it is him. <laughs> no, he's the sweetest guy on the yeah, planet. Very sweet. He's a very nice guy. And, and, and so he's a guy that you can also, when you're, you know, I was, I would on set be kind of overwhelmed or whatever. He would always be like, I just want you to know you're doing a wonderful job. And he would Aww. walk away. That's and I so was nice. like, that's sweet. My son and I are such Barry fanatics that we, last year decided we need to go back and rewatch them all. This was, we did that before the last season. So we went back and watched all of them. Again, what struck me was how there's an arc to the tone of the show. That's very organic, it's a compliment, yeah. but if you watch the first Barry, second Barry, third Barry, it's much lighter. It's almost when you start down this path, and I'm, I was loving it, the tone starts to gradually change, but it's subtle. And now, if you look at where we are now, you can't believe the arc. You can't yeah. believe where you started, yeah. which to me is a real achievement. When you're writing it, you kind of start with this kind of idea that is kind of on, ba uh, on the face of it could be a very kind of glib mm -hmm. idea. And then when you try to do it realistically, you kind of move on and then it's finding it and you go, oh, this is like, you know, this is the tone of the show. And I think there was just some touchstones. I mean, one in, in season one was when Barry is in the car with his friend Chris mm -hmm. and he has a choice to like kill him or not. And he kills him and there's no joke after that. And I remember being in the edit and going, Alec Berg directed that episode and we were going, well, 
the next scene is like a comedy scene. You know, what do we do to, and well, let's just put it in there and see what happens. And it didn't hurt anything, right. you know? And it was like, oh, that's interesting. We can do that. So it was a bit like having some sort of machine that you went, well, it's still, we're still afloat, <laughs> you know? We're on a boat and we're trying all these things and we haven't sunk yet. So let's try that. You know, we can go in that direction. But a thing I always thought of as we were moving forward was um, the movie Rosemary's Baby. If you mm-hmm. watch that movie, mm-hmm. starts off very purposely like a Doris Day movie. Yep. It starts off, there's nothing uh, uh, overtly creepy about it. It's like a very nice couple buying a place, you know, an apartment, you know, uh, and at the Dakota, and it kind of moves forward. And then as it's happening, the tone starts to slowly shift, you know, in a way. And I, so that, that's always stuck with me in that, to what you're talking about. But then I don't know about you, you've experienced this too, when you're writing something, you're kind of like, it's how you meet people, too. It's like we're writing the character and you're meeting all these characters. And it's how you meet somebody. It's kind of superficial and you have your initial take on them or impression of them. And then as you hang out with them, you start to get to know them better. And they just become, you know, slowly and increasingly more complicated, Mm -hmm. you know. And it's just trusting that. And then also, I think the other thing I'll say is when you're dealing with murder, it was very hard for me to be funny about it. You know, it could be strange, but it was hard for me to have someone get, you know, the Janice Moss character get killed and then kind of forget about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, no, no. When she dies, it's for the whole show. Like, you can never forget about her. Every episode she's mentioned, because I think that's what happens when someone loses somebody. And so you would be in the the writer's room and everybody's going, what was the comedy? <laughs> you know, and it was like, no, no, no. But we got to hold on to that. We have to hold on to that and just and just trust that it, it'll work. But also... Know? Is it a comedy? Why does it have to be a comedy? Yeah, that Why was in their room. Be... That's true. Yeah, I get. That's funny you say that because I just did it. But I do bristle. I just I've been doing a ton of press, so I'm a little tired. But uh, so I was the last piece of press you did. <laughs> Literally, this is, this is the last thing you wanted. <laughs> who, who no, no, I have more press. No, I have more press after this. I oh, I've no, done I... just about every shitty thing you can think of. Uh, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> They reintroduced me to shows that were canceled. I went. I went to. I just did Regis. I just did Regis. I, went to, I just went to Bonnie Hunt's house. Just... <laughs> I said, Bonnie, let me tell you about Barry. And she said, I, I don't have a show. And I was like, Listen, Katie Couric, she doesn't want to hear yeah, all these people. They don't know. They don't know me. I said, why, I mean, why didn't you get the episode? <laughs> I saw you on Hannity. Yeah, I was on Hannity. Yeah, yeah. I was like, look, look at my, look at me when you talk to somebody. <laughs> when you talk to a man, you look at him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, uh, but it is a thing you get a lot of, which is, uh, is this a comedy or not? And it's like, ah, oh, we're just telling a story. It's so funny because. This season of Barry starts off in this very dark place. I'm not giving anything away, but at one point, uh, Noho Hank is uh, with his partner and they have a cut to him and he's wearing this hat and these glasses and I lost it. (laughs) It's such a funny, and and so to me, this idea that things can be incredibly dark 
but then you can you and to me it makes the funny much funnier yeah also if it it what we learned was that as long as it stayed within that character where you would say well no ho hank this is what he would wear in santa fe yes yeah you know this is what he would want to wear that's what he's wearing which we always thought was very funny so it's always like when it comes out of honesty it kind of works and the things that wouldn't work was when we would i would you know hand of god you know comedy nerd try to come in and create something that wasn't coming organically out of a situation or the characters and that was usually the stuff we would lose quickly well, i built a career on forcing it and i have to tell you <laughs> hey. i'm a big i'm a big believer <laughs> hey. i think you're missing out conan o'brien's new podcast conan o'brien why'd your mind go there a new that's, podcast that's <laughs> uh, why am i talking like jim Sinurelli? <laughs> There's a reference. <laughs> yeah, there's a reference. Jim Signorelli did the uh, all the films at yeah. SNL back in the day. Yeah, and did. Uh, what I remember is that he wore his watch so that the Backwards. face face of the yeah. watch was on the on the wrist side, oh, doctor style. Yeah, yeah. and I uh, I never and and the band was really loose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I remember thinking, I guess that's the way you're supposed to wear a watch. <laughs> that's the way a director wears a watch. I don't think I had a watch then. Yeah, or if I did, yeah. it was a swatch. And he you know? shot. I remember he goes, "Hey, you're a film fan." Because I was the DP on uh, Superfly. <laughs> and he was. Um, well, I'm glad. I've, I, mean, I have a pact, which is anytime someone brings up Jim Signorelli, I have to wrap it up. Oh, yeah. The Signorelli just, lights on. Yeah, yeah that's, that's when good. Obama was here and he was like, <laughs> Jim Signorelli. <laughs> <laughs> was the inspiration for, I remember the time I went down to Pink's Hot Dog. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit that me and... <laughs> That is still my favorite thing that Fred and I would do is, yeah, yeah, Obama at the base of the Capitol Records building just talking about his time in Los Angeles. He's like, I went down to Pink's Hot Dogs where a writer from Grace Under Fire said, Mr. President, what are we going to do about this WGA part contract? I was like, I went down to Venice Beach where in the 60s a band taught us that if we work hard, we can break on through to the other side. <laughs> Why is it that the more specific an impression yeah, yeah, is, yeah. the better? It was, and then one thing was that he got to run background. I went down to the set of two broke girls. <laughs> <laughs> they let me run background, which is. <laughs> Fred did this, and I fell. He's like, it's when people, uh, you see the people in the background talking. Now, they're allowed, not allowed to speak, so you got to tell them, hey, you go in there. Now, you come out. Now, you're eating, you're drinking coffee. You two are married. Now, you go in. <laughs> No, you can't talk at the same time. <laughs> I'm going to bring it back to Dana, which is he does, <laughs> he does an impression of Obama pitching to Netflix. It was Obama pitching, and all of his ideas are things they already have. Oh, that's so it's, it's just, so I was like, you know, well, I'm thinking of a show where uh, a bunch of people vying for the, you know, they're vying for the throne. Of a you know and and and, and, of, and different kingdoms and stuff like that and uh, and they're trying and it's just, you know it's sort of like they're all trying to get the throne and uh, different families and there's rivalries and there's battles and a lot of sex and they just come off and they go you know Mr. President it sounds a lot like um it's and, and he's in the meeting with his with uh, Mrs. Obama uh, Mr. Obama that sounds a lot like uh, Game of Thrones well fuck me Mish what do you got <laughs> <laughs> and that was my favorite part fuck me Mish what do you got <laughs> Mish what do you got? Mish what do you got Mish <laughs> have you heard him do his his thing i guess he did where he and i think it was jan hooks would 
because at the table reads at SNL, Lauren Michaels has to read all the yes, stage all the directions. all the stage directions, yeah. And that they wrote a sketch that was called Mr. Poopy, <laughs> and it was all stage direction, and they wrote it solely <laughs> so hear Lauren. Lauren be like, and Mr. Poopy walks into the thing. <laughs> Mr. Poopy can't fucking think, and then Mr. Poopy comes out. Mr. Poopy then walks in. He sees he sees so and so. He walks out. He sees the mailman. The mailman wants and says hello. He gets in the car. Mr. Poopy now is in the car. <laughs> <laughs> they just were up late going, I would just want to hear Lauren have to read through Mr. All this. Poopy, say it 700 times. Yeah, he said Mr. Poopy like 100 times. God, I would have been in there for that. And I don't think I was, I was not there. Mr. I would Poopy remember thing. that. Mr. Poopy defined. He would always, go, that was the worst because Lauren, when he would, he would kind of mumble. And then if you weren't paying attention, you would just hear, and in walks Bill. And you just, you know, and you're like, oh, Jesus. And the, yeah. the read through's been like two hours long. Yeah, and you're like, what? Oh, oh, it's me. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so. I remember the thing that made my soul die was if I'd written a sketch that all turned on one reveal. <laughs> you've developed like a, you've made a 600 mile long uh, domino string and you've hit, and the first three fall, but the fourth doesn't. Yeah. And you know that this is going to last for eight more minutes. Yeah, and there's the not going to be one them. single laugh. It's the worst. I really wish that there was a time you could just, in those moments, just say, can we not do this? Yeah, forget it. Forget it. Moving on, moving on. Right, yeah, kill, no, it. kill it. Kill it. Kill it. Because it's just like, we had stuff like that happen all the time where it was just me and uh, Will Forte, uh, I remember we wrote the, my first table read ever we wrote a sketch called Emmy Attire, and it was me going. It, it was him. I'm trying to remember what it was. It was him in 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 biking attire, and then and he, I, and then I'm in the other room, and I go, "Hey, you ready to go to the Emmys?" He goes, "Sure am." And I go, uh, "What are you wearing?" He's like, "I'm wearing biking attire." Like, what do you mean? You know, he's, he's uh, you know the you know the helmet the shorts the mm -hmm, fingerless mm -hmm. gloves biking attire and i go go change and he goes why and then i come out in biking attire i go because <laughs> i'm wearing biking attire to the emmys <laughs> i like that and he goes what yeah and then jason sudeikis came in in viking attire and we were like oh this is very nice are you going to the emmys you know and he's like you know i thought you guys said biking attire i thought you said viking attire and it was this whole thing and at the end of the sketch was it was like it, this voice came in and goes what you've just witnessed happened four years ago in my mind and then a thing said from the from the desk of jimmy carter <laughs> <laughs> and it goes hope you enjoyed it and the and it was my first table read and i just remember the look on tina face face was like what the fuck was that and i just was like oh, okay all right i just well, I'm glad I could bring you here to bring back those <laughs> lovely memories. Um, oh my God! You know what? I am. I'm. I'm just uh, delighted to know you and to be friends with you. And Thanks, uh, you bring me so much happiness. And Barry, uh, as I said, I've, I watched the first uh, episode and a little bit of the second one, and then I made myself stop because I'm watching these with my son, and uh, it's uh, it's really. Brilliant. Oh, and thanks, I'm, man. I'm really proud of, I'm proud of you. Oh, thank really you, man. Am. That means a lot. Thank you, Conan. That means a lot. Really does. That's crazy. No, yeah, I'm super cool. proud of you. Thank and, you, man. Uh, sadly, this must come to an end. We must stop because you're a busy man. And um, just, I cannot thank you enough for doing this. I can't. Thanks, okay. Conan. Thank you, guys. This is always a pleasure coming here. Thank you very much. Thank you for I, reading those kind words just as we wrote them. <laughs>
I love you, Conan. <laughs> Conan O'Brien is loved. That should be the, night, the name of this podcast. Yes, it is. Okay, well, uh, take a moment here because congratulations and what? felicitations are in order. Today is Matthew B. Gorley's birthday. Well, I know B is not your middle initial. Nor is today my birthday. <laughs> I thought you said today's your birthday. I just, no, someone said this episode was coming out on the 22nd. My birthday is the 23rd. Oh, well, what the hell, man? <gasps> what? Right before we started, didn't you say this is coming out? You asked me when this is coming out, and I said on the 22nd, and then you go, that's my birthday. Week. Oh, oh come on. But that's what Conan's birthday was on the 18th, and we recorded on for the 17th. So it was like the same thing. It's yeah, not like stop, we can't talk about your birthday. I didn't stop birthday. the whole yeah. momentum and the magic. <laughs> To point out a small accounting error. <laughs> it is more or less your birthday. But now I started off with this feeling of generosity oh, no. and everything. And I, and and now I don't have it anymore. Wait, oh, I'm just curious. Like, no, it's coming out the 22nd. My birthday is the 23rd. <laughs> All right. Well, who who's going to announce that to America on the 23rd? You going on the Price is Right? What are you doing? That's exactly Ooh. what I'm doing. I'm going on the Price is Right for my birthday. Okay. Yeah. I, have, you been, have you been on the Price is Right? No, but I have been on more game shows than I am care to admit. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> when those people that just went from game show to game show? When I was younger, yeah. When I was career. younger. Yeah. Well, I'm turning 50. I mean, yeah, come so on. This is your 50th birthday tomorrow. Yeah. Can we just say it's today? Sure. Also, people don't listen to podcasts necessarily Look on the this day. This guy they're... telling me how podcasts Well, work. maybe as someone should. Wow. They don't I'm necessarily impressed. listen the day that they're put on air. That's Well, you <laughs> lost it. You lost it's it. It's okay. You tried. No, no, no. They don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. This drops. But then someone might be checking it out tomorrow. And guess what? If it's the 23rd, then happy birthday, Matt Gorley. Thanks, Yay. boss. Appreciate and it's the big 5-0, eh? Yeah. That nothing. Yeah. That ain't know. nothing. I don't know. What are you talking about? I don't know. I feel it. You know, 50 I is, I mean, with all the advances in science and everything, 50 is the new 49, 48. <laughs> you know? You can't worry about it. I know that you're, first of all, you're a very youthful chap. Well, you thanks, come across as very young. You you were getting kind of upset when we'd mentioned your 60th birthday. Yeah. So you tell me. because, and I'm upset now that you brought it up again. <laughs> I'm trying to get it out on Wikipedia that I'm 51 or 49. Okay. I'm also trying to get some other stuff out there too. What? What? That I was in porno for oh, a while. In porno. In porno. Yeah. In porno. yeah. No, yeah. people who are in who do porn don't say I'm in porno. This yeah. was a long time ago when people said in porno. <laughs> no, I think porno was in you. No, it was 1981. Oh, oh that's yeah. a good porno time. Yeah, yeah I was and, gonna say that's my favorite. Yeah, and, and back then we called it in porno. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Sexy. Yeah, someone would say, hey you, what's your score? And I'd say, I'm in porno, that's the game. <laughs> that's how people talk back wait, then. Wait, what were some of your movies? Oh, you don't wanna know. Okay. I do wanna know. Okay, look out, unzip. <laughs> <laughs> that that doesn't feel like look out because here comes something sexually formidable. It feels like look out, you're in danger. Look and out, unzip was one of my best selling movies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I'm trying to get that on the internet. What was the plot? What's that? What was the plot? Oh, there's this guy, and he goes to get his zipper fixed. He wears these really tight corduroy pants. <sighs> And this guy's packing, let me tell you. Is this there guy? any sex in it at all? I wouldn't call it sex. What oh. would you call it? But there is an extended segment where the, just the penis just keeps coming out oh, and out and out. Oh, come on. Like it's when like a magician a, would pull scarves out yes. of their mouth? Well, that's it. 
There's a scene where a magician, he des- he's wandering the earth trying to find, you know, a way to make a uh, living. And then he teams up with a magician at one point. Mm. And the guy is pulling out, you know, and pulling and pulling and pulling, and it just keeps going. And it's called Look Out Unzip. Look Out Unzip. <laughs> well, look for it. And then there's a little, you know the way sometimes there's a title underneath? A yeah. little, it's Thwabada Habada Hobada Habada Dubada. Thwabada Habada Hubada Dubada. Oh, twice? Or is it just the one Thwabada Depends on which country it's released. (laughs) I've seen ones that were, you know, I I saw a copy that was being sold in the Canary Islands. It's thwabada wabada habada habada hubada habada dibada dabada. Okay, but it depends on where you get it. But all of this is my way of saying happy fiftieth birthday, (laughs) Matt Gorley. And you know what? You should feel grateful. You have a beautiful wife. You have. lovely daughter yes. and uh, a, a gorgeous home. I mean, and you get to work with uh, Sona and Conan. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a pretty rare. Yeah, I get to work with Sona. Yay. And Conan. Right. Oh, and Sona. And Conan. And Sona. And Conan. Too much, buddy. Right, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Two the chumps. three together that make that work. Two pals. Two pals. Yep. Yep. And another go s- guy. Backbone. I'm going to go sit on that two-legged stool and see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that another one of your in pornos? Yep. I, well, that was, that was one-legged stool. That's the other one I made, which didn't do as well. People were disappointed in the ending. Uh, one-legged yeah, upside Where down I'm just stool. sold as a stool. Oh, God. And then I'm just this long sequence oh, of me yeah. erect. This is, and people are having having coffee using my back as a table. Birthday. And I'm in a, I'm at a French cafe. And they're on really tall stools because that's guys really packing. Yeah. Yeah, this is all true. Oh my god. You know, maybe this is a great birthday present for you. No, it's not. Yes, you can gather the wife and daughter around the 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 radio that plays podcasts. No. And you can listen to this no. wonderful memory. I'm going to salvage this by drinking out of Javier Bardem's cold coffee cup. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, there you go. <sighs> now that's a birthday I can savor. Yes, very nice. Well, happy birthday, seriously. Happy birthday, happy girl. Birthday. Thanks, you guys. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. we all did. Well, would it kill you to lean into the mic and say happy birthday? Happy. Well, he told me it was the well, 22nd. Not... I know, but so what? We let that go. You're you know still what? nursing that? Happy birthday. It Jesus. seems like it seems like there are qualifications to that. Yeah. And I don't accept your happy birthday. All right. Well, as long as we ended in bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.